the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I try to be relevant. I try to be interesting. I try to be compelling. I want to help you build up a nest egg so that you can live from age 60 to 100 is the coolest people on the planet. Age 20 to 60, I feel, is all about working and establishing yourself, and age 60 to 100 is probably the last chance you get to have a hurrah and enjoy things. I talk about everything I can from investing to changes in, in society that you might be able to take advantage of. This Beyond Meat thing kind of came out of nowhere, as stories tend to. It was slow growing. It was, it was like a, a frog in a pot of water, right? I you cook a frog, you turn up the water one degree at a time, and then it'll slowly just die. It won't jump out. It won't save its own life. One area that focus for me is, is Justin Bieber. <laughs> I'm not going to do any Bieber songs because I don't really know any Bieber songs. But the story on them, on him today is, it got me thinking. They're having a big second wedding right now, him and Haley Baldwin. It's kind of a royal couple. American celebrities marrying celebrity kids. Um, second wedding in South Carolina. And couples are doing this now. It's a thing. It's a trend. See where I'm going out with this? I think it's a very bad trend, Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin are setting, because a lot of people, and for better or for worse, I know someone, listen to this story, this is going to shock you. I was talking to someone who was under 35, and uh, she said that her boyfriend, all, all he does is watch the Kardashians. Oh, you're kidding, right? <laughs> nope. I'm like, I've never seen an episode of the Kardashians. I've never seen a whole episode of Seinfeld, but that digresses. Um, I'm always shocked at how celebrities influence our lives. Um, I... I don't care. But I guess that makes me a little weird that I've never seen a Kardashians episode. Not even one. Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin have that kind of social influence. So for them to go out and say, we're going to get married a second time, they're basically sending a message to young people when you get married, do it twice. Like us. Now, Justin and Haley, I hate talking about this, they got hitched in Manhattan uh, at a courthouse. And they're holding a second ceremony on September 30th, or they just did, I guess, in South Carolina. But ahead of the I do, got a lot to see a lot of Instagram. Got to see a lot of, you know, parents and thinking of the in-laws and uh, some of the speeches. And millennials are like, they want to do that, too. They want to be just like him. So millennial couples are throwing multiple ceremonies now. And this is where I start to have a problem with it. When it becomes a common thing and it starts taking out the cultural and the religious backgrounds of it, and it becomes ultimately a pricey destination wedding. I'm okay with the religious experience for people. I'm, I'm okay with all that. But now it's a pricey destination wedding vacation. It starts dragging more people into it. And kids should be, when they get married, I think one of the biggest regrets I've seen, I've got four older brothers. Uh, Clint got married, small wedding, divorce. Pete got married, big wedding, divorce. Dave got married, big wedding, divorce. Uh, Mike and I just eloped. So that's how that plays out, right? Uh, but we did a destination wedding with our loved one. So 
According to Wedding Wire, the average cost for weddings now is $38,700. But when you start doing multiple ceremonies, that's up to $50,000. Some exceeding up to $100,000. And younger people should... It's a big regret. Money is a stress for families. We saw the Jonas brother, one of them, do the um, big wedding reception. And he did it twice with... The one who married an Indian woman who I don't remember her name. She's a celebrity, but I don't remember her name. So he did like a five-day wedding celebration in India. And again, it's fine for him. But like if you're into Japanese culture, Japanese brides have several costume changes. It's very expensive to mimic celebrities. And I'd rather you just lope. Uh, millennials are changing love and marriage, though. And they're changing investing. They're changing housing. They're waiting longer in their relationship to get married. Typically, they're in a relationship for 4.9 years now before they they hitch. They're having no problems doing prenups before marriage to protect the assets that they do have. Um, A lot of people tie that to student loans. Like if one person has a massive student loan debt and the other one doesn't do a prenup, right? That's easier said than done for a lot of people. A delay in marriage, fortunately, has given people a lot of time to acquire their own assets. Whereas back in the day, you'd get done with college and pop the question, maybe at graduation, be married by the end of the summer. Um, But more prenups are a good thing, I think, uh, as you're just talking about financial issues. And I don't think that's bad. But we're ditching the traditional wedding, and it's very, very expensive to keep up with. Um, Just be careful. Remember, you're not a a Jonas brother. Um, Jonas brothers had a big year of marriage. Two, uh, Two of them got hitched, right? And you saw it all over the internet. So Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin are setting a bad example for your kids. Push your kids to save the money and get hitched in a courthouse, so to speak, and go on their own vacation. Don't drag other people. Please don't drag me into a destination wedding ever. I'd be very upset with that. So Charles Schwab ending uh, brokerage account, uh, whole commissions. There was a day when you could be a stockbroker. That day's over. The internet has taken that job completely. So if you knew a stock, it's not, see, that's not totally true because there's still some firms who are in there, but I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing to eliminate commissions uh, on stocks, ETFs, and option trades. I think you as a consumer are the huge winner, but the loser obviously was the stockbroker who used to make $100 a ticket. You'd probably get 50 as a firm would get 50 bucks, and uh, you'd lose $100 to invest in a company, let's say Apple. And then you're like, oh, that's why it felt like gambling. Uh, it was that $100 play the game, so to speak. Ford expects to take an $800-900 million impairment charge in the third quarter for its India automotive operations. And I was looking at the, the auto stocks yesterday, typically trading at PEs of around 4 and dividends of around 2 to 3%. That's brutal. And then you take a look at the airlines, and they're trading at PEs of like 8. They've got a nice dividend for the first time in a long time. Very low debt. That's one thing we don't, I don't talk about enough on the show is how much debt a company has is important to watch. One of the nicer things about tech companies in the 2000s where a lot of them were coming public and they never really got debt. They had investors invest in the company that they had to pay back through the IPO process, give them their ability to sell their shares, the insiders, so to speak. But they didn't have a lot of debt. Uh, the financial crisis of 2008 really... I think improved companies' balance sheets. So look at a company's debt before you buy a stock there. Find me online at Roblox Show, Twitter Roblox Show, YouTube Roblox Show. Want the podcast with music? 
Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I have an email from a listener who said he's a regular listener of the show. Appreciate the efforts to inform, educate, and learn. Motivated by CFP Chad Burton, Tony Mendez at Mortgage Coverage. Uh, hopefully he also hears uh, Briefy.com and Patrick O'Hare's contribution to the show. Oscar goes on to say, and I can see by his cell phone number that he lives in the Bay Area. He goes on to say, I'm researching the Raleigh, North Carolina market. My experience has driven home the fact that an honest, effective property management company is essential. And I've mentioned on the air that I've got a good, reliable property management company. Um, I'll send him the contact, but I'm also going to say something along the lines of, be careful. Um, when I see people invest out of state, I see it as a usually a less than ideal scenario. I'm not hardcore set on the statement, but I think you should invest where you know. And Oscar has heard me talk about Raleigh, North Carolina, and I know Raleigh pretty well. I know NC State. I know North Carolina. I know Duke. I know the young culture there is very similar to the young culture in Austin and, and Raleigh. Um, what Seattle used to have as an alternative market that Portland had as an alternative market, but's losing it. What Denver had but is losing it because of the jobs have gone there to those three places. So Raleigh's still got a lot of land, and they still have good tax scenarios for corporations, and they have three major universities. So I know what I'm into. I would, be, I would always be very, very careful. I hear commercials for investing in Dallas. And if you've never been to Dallas, you don't know Texas law. Very likely. I would not invest out of state. And in this case, Oscar, I would say, be careful. Uh, the fact that you're looking outside the Bay Area tells me that you're either looking for cheaper areas, which concerns me, cheaper as far as the price of the dollar, like the price tag, not necessarily better areas. And you do get into a situation that if I can go back in time and uh, invest in Raleigh, I want it. I would have put that money into somewhere in the East Bay. But 20 years ago, before I came to the Bay Area, I, I made that decision that I want that college town. So um, throwing that out there for you. Don't have them right. Don't have them wrong. It is what it is. So we're seeing today that the world economy is signaling mounting crisis as U.S. manufacturing index hit a 10-year low, but a lot of areas are struggling at this point in time with their economies. Interesting, again, about real estate, and this is what I was kind of trying to get out with Oscars, you don't know what things are doing in North Carolina because you haven't been, and you don't know about their governor, and you don't know if they're renter-friendly or not. But a good property management company is great, and I'll gladly send you a referral. I like the people that I worked with, and I've worked with them for 20 years, and they just signed my renter up for another 18 months. It's like, woohoo, I'm almost out of that, that obligation. It's like, what will I do with the money? What will I tap the equity? I probably will. So I don't believe in having a house paid off. I think it's a bad idea. Um, it's a crazy concept, but I don't believe a house, if it's worth 100000 or a million, having the money just sitting there doing nothing is a good idea. Anyhow, and anyway, Apple's been leading the market higher on a lot of 5G talk recently. Okay. That's a 2020 thing. Uh, I set up a Nest thermostat just the other day so that I could, my home, change my second home's heat profile. I guess is the right way of saying it because winter's coming as George RR, RR. <laughs> I, I almost want to name, I want two R's. Robert RR Black. Because I kind of sound like a seal every time you say it. But um, winter is coming. So uh, 5G and more interactive Internet of Things. Uh, if you've looked at refrigerators recently, they'll order food for you. They cost $8,000, but they'll order your food for you. They cost $8,000. No, thank you. So, uh, I'll do that one myself. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Gas prices are in the news. 
because oil's in the news. And you may remember a couple weeks ago that it looks like Iran, and I'm not getting into political looks like crap on the show, but it looks like they may have bombed a Saudi Arabia oil refinery, oil center with drones. And instantly people started getting intense on the price of gas going higher. And an event when the Saudis said publicly, well, you know, someone needs to do something about this Iran, otherwise oil prices can go much, 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 much higher. And no, no cap was set. So gas prices have been in the news recently because to me and you, gas prices are very much so a tax. If you have a vehicle, um, when gas prices rise, you're using, you're going to the same location, right? But you're paying more for it. So you have less money in your pocket. Gas prices at 264 nationwide. I'm a little bit jealous of it. Again, uh, I remember like uh, if you've ever been a pizza delivery person, if you've ever used your car for work in that manner, you know the difference between 250 gas and $3 gas. Prices in California are slightly higher earlier this year. But we also are, it's interesting because, you know, you keep hearing about California does all the agriculture, uh, all the fruits and vegetables for the country. You would almost imagine that we'd have a better system of gasoline prices because that's a big cost to move that produce left and right. Uh, but we don't want any pipelines here because bad for the environment. Totally fine if Oklahoma has pipelines. We're... Stay in Oklahoma. Don't come out. That's the mentality, and that's one of the reasons we have the higher gas prices. Retail price movements were mixed last week. But again, I I go back to that whole Saudi Arabia bombing thing didn't really turn into a much bigger issue, even though there was a lot of rabble about it, so to speak. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing more. Um, Markets opened higher today, but as soon as the manufacturing data came out that shows like a slowing, markets went lower. So we're a little bit sensitive on economic growth today. Tomorrow, maybe not so much. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget you can also find me at newfocusfinancial.com. There's a lot of really hardcore professional downloads there. Check them out along with the blogs at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. One of my favorite segments of the week is talking with Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com. As an investor, you really start should start young and start finding some valuable resources. I started young and one of the valuable resources I found. Over 20 years ago was briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, how are you doing today? Hey, Rob, I'm doing well. Thank you. So, markets, um, I guess since last time we talked, the word impeachment's become a little bit more of a snowball, and uh, both sides are getting ready. <laughs> I think that's the easiest way of saying that, getting ready. Uh, it seems like there's going to be some drama. Uh, with that being said, I'll let you talk a little bit on impeachment and the markets. Well, it's certainly going to be drama. You know, it's it's a great deal of uh, political theater. Uh, obviously, um, you know, it, it, whether it leads to impeachment or not, um, you know, remains to be seen. But you know, from my vantage point as a market analyst and, and looking at how the the market is reacting to it, uh, you can see at, at this particular time the market isn't overly bothered by uh, the implications of of the impeachment inquiry at this juncture. Uh, I think the market is really falling back on this uh, uh, conclusion right now that even if uh, the president were to be impeached in the House, it would not be 
you know, ultimately confirmed by the Senate. And so that's why you hear in the headlines that uh, it could be a, a redux of the Clinton impeachment process. Uh, and uh, and that year ended up being pretty good for the market when President Clinton um, uh, went through that uh, impeachment inquiry. So, uh, you know, it, things can change, right? But, you know, it's uh, my purview to, to watch the market and to gauge its uh, response uh, to headlines like this and to analyze what it ultimately means. And right now the market uh, is telling you it's not meaning uh, anything too significantly uh, from a political standpoint. Mm-hmm. Okay. It sounds about right. And uh, I guess historical data is a little tough to come by on impeachment, but the last one didn't kill us. So that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, one of the stories out there today, and I find this interesting, as long as I've been using briefing.com, it's, I've seen essentially brokerage trades go from about $400 transactions to basically now free. And it was inevitable. But how do you feel about Charles Schwab getting out of the commission business? Yeah, it's been remarkable. I, I think I've been there every step of the way with you, Rob. Uh, you know, and so uh, I, I can't say that you know completely surprised by this uh, news this morning. Uh, if only because Interactive Brokers said last week that they were cutting uh, commissions to zero for uh, U.S. listed stock and ETF trades. And so, um, you know, the thing with 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 this announcement, though, is like particularly from a company like Charles Schwab, and and I need to disclose that you know Briefing.com has a business relationship with with all of these guys: Charles Schwab, Interactive Brokers, TD Ameritrade, and, and E Trade, right? But you know, uh, for Charles Schwab, you know, um, they cut their commissions because they can. Um, you know, trading revenue is is about eight percent of net revenue at Charles Schwab, so it's you know it's not insignificant, but it's certainly not. Uh, you know, overly material to uh, to the top line performance, and and you know Schwab has done such a great job at acquiring assets over the years that uh, you know it makes you know money um, you know through um, through interest income and advisory fees uh, and things like that. So really, when you think of the uh, a company like Schwab, <clears throat> the greater impact for Schwab and on its business is really what goes on with the interest rates and the performance of the capital markets more so than what happens in terms of uh, commission trends, right? So, uh, so obviously, you know, these guys are getting pinched somewhat right now with this flat yield curve and this inversion of the yield curve, uh, and uh, and and but it's being pro- you know held up or offset somewhat by the fact that you still have an equity market trading near record high. Uh, which has certainly been good for equity valuation. So, so if you were to see you know a real downturn in the equity market, <clears throat> then you'd probably potentially see you know greater impact on on Schwab's overall business because that would certainly keep interest rates compressed and, and they wouldn't benefit uh, on, on the interest rate spread there. All very good stuff, and uh, I'm happy to see it. Uh, I'm excited by talking with you every week about stocks. I love stocks. It's a good story. You've seen the rise and fall of companies. There's a lot of drama for sure. So I'm, I'm happy to see the, the free trades, and I think it'll hopefully encourage more people to get involved in what you and I do kind of for a living. Um, changing topics ever so slightly, looking at your page one this morning, uh, one of the things you started to talk a little bit about was the, the October's here, fourth quarter. Uh, what are you expecting as far as the fourth quarter comes? Well, you know, right, yeah, you know, I, it's. 
not to sound like a cop-out, but it's really tough to know what to expect. Um, you know, sure, the future is inherently uncertain here. But but as we've discussed in recent weeks, too, Rob, you know, uh, you know, the, the feeling of uncertainty these days is 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 very pronounced and uh, and and um, you've got a market that seems to be quite fixated on the US China trade battle right so those trade negotiations are are coming to a head again here in uh, next week in Washington and there'll be some more insight in terms of what senior officials are are thinking saying and doing as it relates to, you know, trying to um, dial down the tension over, over the trade conflict, or, you know, it might ratchet up. And, and the market, I think, is in just kind of this watchful mood right now, you know, waiting to hear what comes out of that, and then trying to ascertain what that ultimately means for the economic and earnings growth outlook. And you've had a market propped up here near, near all-time highs because it still has remained optimistic that there'll be some resolution to that trade deal that ultimately leads to a better economic and earnings growth outlook. So, uh, so if we exit those trade negotiations with a sense that, uh, that it was a flop, you know, and you're not uh, likely to see anything happening anytime before the, the election in November 2020, you probably see a market, you know, settle back here in the fourth quarter. But, um, but with the uncertainty surrounding that issue and some uncertainty about whether the slower growth abroad is, is going to ultimately filter a more in a more pronounced way to the U.S. economy and hit the U.S. consumer, could probably get you know a market that just sort of chops sideways here because we've already had such a have had such a really uh, good performance year to date. But uh, but I would advise the listeners to keep a real close focus on economic data that pertains particularly to uh, to the consumer uh, because that has that has been a real linchpin for the U.S. economy and this argument that. Um, you know, stocks are still reasonably priced, and that um, and that the growth outlook for the United States is still still reasonably good. <laughs> Sounds good. Is there anything else that you're working on that we should be aware of? I know that every Friday I get your uh, emails pushed to me, and I open them with glee uh, about <laughs> the big picture and what you're thinking as far as uh, putting pen to paper right now. Well, you know, kind of on the heels of what I was just saying, I think you know. The big picture column this week is likely to to revolve around the idea that uh, if you want to keep a, a, an eye on a really important indicator uh, to gain some sense as to what might be happening with the consumer uh, down the road here, it's the initial claims data, right? And I'll okay. make a case for why that particular economic release is is so important uh, and why it's been pretty much forgotten for, for many years now, even though it is so important. Thanks very much. Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, a reliable source of domestic and international content. I've had a nice relationship with them. It is not a financial relationship. Um, I just dig their content, and I don't mind promoting them. So 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Gas prices are dipping lower for a second consecutive week, 264. It's interesting that the national average is two sixty four. You know what we pay in the Bay Area? It's like four twenty right now. Four twenty. <laughs> Am I pulling a, a sneaky one, like Elon Musk? <laughs> I'm not. Like, that's just the number that I kind of I was like, where was it? It was four fifteen. Four. I saw a little bit higher, uh, but yeah, not cheap. You know what I love about Disney and why I still want to own it, and I do own it, is. Walt Disney Resort opened in Orlando, Florida in 1971. 1971, October. I'll even help you there. 
How much do you think a ticket per person was when adjusted for inflation? Or just how much do you think it was on the face of the ticket? It cost to get in. Give you a second. How much was Walt Disney World Resort to get into in Orlando, Florida? Three fifty. Three fifty. If you adjusted it for f- inflation, it would be twenty one dollars. And yet somehow they're charging over a hundred dollars at this point in time. So within the first year, Disney hiked its price from by twenty five cents to three seventy five. And that's one of the reasons you, you kind of own Disney. I hope we don't get to the point where it's like $500 a day to go. Hopefully we can figure out on the back end how to make more money and not necessarily on the front end. So $6 in 1975 to get in. Today there's 40 million people who visit Disney World in Orlando every year. Ticket prices range from $109 to $159. And how much was it on the first day? $350? $1971? Oh, is that not crazy? That's inflation working for you. And if you've been a shareholder since 71, you've done very, very well. And I don't know actually when their shares actually started trading, so I should be quiet on that one. 800-516-1220 to get your job uh, calls on the air. Interesting report on home prices. The cities that are most likely to get hit by a housing correction. I'll talk about that when we come back off break. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So there's a new research report out by UBS. This is what I do for a living. I read and study, do a little fact-finding, a little homework. One of them is reading the research. And there's a new UBS research poll out on the global real estate market and if it's a bubble or not. So they analyze basically 24 global housing markets. Uh, Residential property prices in five U.S. cities were examined. New York, San Francisco were ultimately found to be above uh, a fair assessment. But what they'd said inside the report was that internationally speaking, the U.S. looks good compared to Europe, Um, which is that makes it's nice. Again, it's a nice data point, especially if you own real estate in the Bay Area or the United States. Study ranked half the city surveyed as overpriced and the risk of a bubble with low interest rates pushing Eurozone housing markets like Amsterdam, Frankfurt, and Paris into danger. The thing about low interest rates is they tend to st- stimulate the economy, right? If you make borrowing cheap, banks will come around and go, okay, well, we're not making any money holding it, so let's, let's lend it out and let's figure out. And the cheaper it is, the more risk they can take. Because they know that you know there will be failures there for sure, but it's such a low cost of money, they don't have to recoup as much as, or you don't have to make ends meet to repay your loans as, as much. On a global level, economic uncertainty is outweighing the effect of falling interest rates. Now that's interesting because global uncertainty, you need to kind of grasp that that notion real quick. That just the thought of a weaker international housing market or a weaker economy internationally, how that plays into the housing market. Uh, I was talking with a friend who does mortgages, and he was talking about some clients who did pretty well in their life. And they had a three and a half million dollar house. And he said, it still kills me. People can like chuckle and go, yeah, it's three and a half million, but it's, it, it, it's really not a very nice house. There's a lot of psychology, a lot of psychology in the housing market. So it's no surprise that residential properties in New York, San Francisco, LA were all noted as overvalued, but Prices in San Francisco and L.A. hit a ceiling as buyers deemed houses increasingly unaffordable and trade tensions with foreign investment losses suspend some growth. I've noticed the high ends not moving as fast, if it's moving at all, in housing, in my neck of the woods. But, for instance, this UBS survey says Boston's doing quite well. They, they appear to be in fair value territory. 
and they're benefiting from the appeal of the region for the business and high-income earners. Chicago ranked as the most undervalued city on the list. Have you ever been flying across the country? You're either going like maybe D.C. to California or California to New York. And about halfway through, you wake up and you're like, oh, a windy city. It's in the middle of the United States. And it's not surprising that it's considered undervalued in the sense that it's so much easier to do business on the coast of the United States. Uh, getting things to and from the middle of the United States is a little bit more difficult. Uh, not knocking Chicago to be considered, you know, fairly valued or undervalued is a good thing in real estate. Uh, there's upside. Global average price growth adjusted for inflation stalled in Sydney, Vancouver, and Dubai have already seen price corrections. Munich topped the list of the high risk real estate bubble markets. It's kind of interesting. Like we don't talk about other markets ever, do we? Toronto, Hong Kong, Vancouver are also considered high risk. Doesn't mean they're not going to go higher. I don't know what the point of that segment was other than to say that um, UBS did a survey and there's not a lot of value on it in real estate. Out of the 20 plus cities, uh, at least 25% plus uh, are in bubble territory, according to them. Bubble. My favorite bubble is Mr. Bubble. You remember bubble baths? Oh, those were the days. A U.S. manufacturing survey shows the worst reading in a decade. Trump's approval rating drops to low, but Americans still oppose impeachment. I think those two headlines kind of work together. The U.S. Manufacturing Survey shows worse reading in a decade. Trump has one thing correct when he says it's a strong economy. It still is compared to the worldwide, and that's where it starts to getting tricky. But when you see manufacturing surveys decline and you hear the worst reading in a decade, it won't take a lot to slow us down. Uh, and it can happen pretty fast because there is a kind of psychology that goes with not only real estate... But to business conditions, um, the Manufacturing Purchasing Management Index out of the ISM came in the lowest readings in 2009, but it's the second consecutive month of contraction. So new export orders index tanked to only 41%. That's the lowest level since March 2009. Uh, it's kind of slowing down. Two months in a row, not a trend, but trending towards a trend. <laughs> Is that even allowed to say? Sony slashed the price of its PlayStation Now video game service in half. There is a monster, aggressive push on Wall Street to, if you want to be relevant, you have to have a subscription service. The video game service is cut to $9.99 a month, a reflection of the increasing competition in online offerings. So the leader in video games said Tuesday, today, that it's also adding limited runs of top-selling titles to the service, such as Grand Theft Auto V, and launching the first global marketing campaign to uh, promote the PlayStation Now. So... There's a lot of ways to make money in the video games. There's the hardware components, the AMD, the NVIDIAs, the Sonys, and the Microsofts. Then there's the software that goes inside of it. Um, there's the games that make the, the software. But now, again, Microsoft has a Game Pass. It's starting at $9.99 a month. They want to get you on that monthly basis, so it's not just a one-and-done kind of situation. Subscription-based video game services are becoming popular, just like streaming television, Right. 800-516-1228 to get your calls in the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. <laughs> 
explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.